You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Hello, and thank you for joining us this week for The Neutral Zone. I'm Phil Milani alongside Eric Dalala. as always. We have a great show in store for you this week. We'll be joined by Domata Pecco. He'll uh, talk about how it's been frustrating not being able to stop the run so far this season. The Broncos, of course, uh, not doing great there the past couple of weeks. They are 32nd in rush defense in all of the NFL. That's dead last. We'll also be joined by Darren Urban of azcardinals.com as we preview this Thursday night matchup against Arizona out in the desert. We'll also have a couple of fans call in and play our games as always. But, Eric, let's... uh, Go back and dissect this Broncos game against the Rams. What did you think uh, of the Broncos' performance overall? Yeah, you know, I think in a vacuum, this game, this loss isn't isn't terrible. You know, if this had happened week three, if you go from beating the Seahawks to beating the Raiders and then you lose by three to a, a really good Rams team, I think you'd feel encouraged almost. But because it's coming here at the end or right now in this four-game losing streak, you don't feel as good, and you're like, hey, we managed to stop Jared Goff. We managed to stop the passing game for the most part. But Todd Gurley rushes for 208 yards, and again, you come up short. And I know the players are tired of coming up short. The fans are tired. We are tired of it. It just uh, It's time to, to finish these games off. Yeah, I think I agree with you. But it's, it's difficult, especially coming off of last season, when you add that to the four-game skid, you, it seems like the world is ending. But, you know, if you take a closer look into this matchup, I think that one of the frustrating things for Broncos fans has to be, okay, this defense uh, gives up a lot of passing yards against the Jets, so they reverse it the next week and they say, hey, we're not going to give up that much in the passing game against Jared Goff, but boom. Gurley goes crazy. It seems like uh, you plug one hole and a different hole opens. And, you know, hey, the Broncos defense had five sacks against the Rams, but Todd Gurley has a career day. So I think that that part of it is a little bit frustrating. Yeah, and the Jets, you know, obviously ran for the fifth most yards that the Broncos have ever allowed. And the Rams really uh, succeeded there, too. And Vance Joseph in his press conference on Monday said, hey, in base defense, when we've got all our big guys on the field, the run defense isn't really an issue. It's when other teams are in three wide, you've got five defensive backs on the field, and you need a corner to make a tackle, or you need a safety to make a tackle, and that's when it really comes down to your attitude and your mindset of, hey, do I want this enough to stop the run? And it seemed like the last couple of weeks, the other teams have been able to take advantage of that. On a short week, it's going to be really important against David Johnson, who we know is one of the best running backs in the NFL for those guys to to st- to step up because Phil, you know as well as I do in the NFL, if a team sees that you're not doing something well, they're going to exploit it until you fix it. Sorry, I guess I'm in against that Jets team. I was thinking about the two long touchdown plays, but I guess that that defense got sliced up. I guess every every way you put it, so. Uh, not the greatest game against the Jets from a couple of weeks ago. But, yeah, David Johnson, a great running back, although the Cardinals' offense is not really uh, explosive, if you will. It's certainly nothing compared to that Rams team that the Broncos just faced. The Let's give you just a couple of numbers here of the Cardinals' offense, averaging 220 yards of total offense, worst in the league. Rushing yards, only 64 a game. Worst in the league, third down percentage, worst in the league. So uh, 
but you never know on a short week when you don't have the whole week to game plan, you don't have the whole week to get your body right. And in the NFL, any given week, if you line up and you're not ready to go, you're going to get beat. So this Broncos team, like John Elway said, needs to be playing for its lives. Right, and home teams this year on Thursday Night Football are 5-1. and one. And part of that is because you come off a game Sunday, you have such little time to rest and recuperate your body that if you don't have to have that added, the Broncos leave Wednesday to go down to Arizona while the Cardinals are going to be able to you know, have another night's sleep in their own beds and kind of have extra time for, uh, for rehab and all that. And so it's difficult to get ready for an NFL game, and that's why, like you said, the stats kind of get thrown out the window. And if the Broncos don't take this Arizona offense seriously – David Johnson could break out. Larry Fitzgerald hasn't done a whole lot this season, but still one of the best receivers in the NFL. Josh Rosen has shown flashes as their young rookie quarterback. So Broncos fans may look at this as, hey, this is a a good opportunity for the Broncos to get back on track, and that's certainly true. But if you think it's going to be an easy win or you're going to walk in there and just show up and win, that's not the case. Certainly not. I mean, and you you even saw this a couple of weeks ago when the Broncos played the Chiefs really well all the way down to the wire, and then the next week they thought maybe they had an excellent chance to go out and beat a Jets team, and then they came out and fell short. So you can't take take it easy on anyone in this league, and uh, certainly not an Arizona team that you know is going to be with their backs up against the wall. Josh Rosen could get hot. Larry Fitzgerald is a future Hall of Famer. David Johnson, they've got a lot of weapons on that side. If we could, uh, for a moment here, let's turn to the other side of the ball. This Broncos offense, maybe not scoring as many points as you would hope that they could. The last time this Broncos offense scored 30 points or more was way back in week two of last season when they beat the Cowboys. That seems like an eternity ago, Eric. You're talking about a different offensive coordinator, a different quarterback, a completely different team, really. So I think that in today's NFL, if you would have told me, hey, we held the Rams to just 23 yards on offense, you would you would think that you had a great chance of winning that game. But this Broncos offense had to settle for a couple of field goals when if they scored touchdowns, we're talking about a different outcome. Yeah, 23 yards would be really impressive. 23 points, also 23 good. 23 points. Uh, yeah, Did you I know, say yards? You didn't. It's, it's a, a short Freudian week. Slip, we're, we're, all, we're all tired. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think what is constant, because the, the coordinators are different, the quarterback's different, the running back's different, you've got new wide receivers in here. And I think, one, the Broncos are still turning the ball over too much. They're not taking advantage of third down. Just the one pick. Sure. I mean, not terrible, but at that point in the game, it hurt the Broncos. Right. You're not, And then you're not turning opportunities into touchdowns. They're still remaining field goals or, or worse. You know, at the end of the first half there against the Rams, the Broncos have a chance to go down and cut the lead to, to three or to seven, and instead they get a sa- the Rams get a sack and the Broncos are forced to punt, and all of a sudden, hey, now the Rams have a chance to score. And so you're, penalties. Still, you're still missing those opportunities, penalties. And then I think something else is that, we're so used to in Denver this defense being incredible and stopping the run and the pass and really dictating what other teams are doing. The last couple of years, they've given up long drives or haven't been able to you know, hold on a short field. And when those things happen, your offense gets out of sorts because they're either not on the field enough to make a difference or they have to come out and, hey, we're going to throw the ball three straight times. And that becomes difficult then uh, when defenses know what you're going to do. It, the, one of the frustrating parts about it is that they show flashes. You know, like Philip Lindsay will bust a really long run, or Cor- Cortland Sutton will have a big play down the sideline. Emmanuel Sanders is so explosive. It, that's, I think, the frustrating part, especially for fans, is 
hey, we see the playmakers, we see the weapons that they have, but it's not consistent. And uh, that's another thing that John Elway said this week is, hey, you got to play complementary football. When the defense is doing this, you got to be able to pick them up on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, look, you look around the, the league, you see Aaron Rodgers on Monday Night Football goes down and scores a touchdown, gets the ball back with no timeouts and just a minute to play, drives all the way down the field. They kick a field goal and win. Some of these other teams just make it look so easy. That is frustrating when the Broncos are only able to muster 20 points. Right. And you do have to remember Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest players of all time. And you saw Tom Brady. That part of it is, that's true. That is true. That's true. You saw Tom Brady the other night against the Chiefs do that uh, as well. But I do think what Vance Joseph said the other day was true is that the Broncos don't have a lot of room for error right now. And so if you have that long 41-yard pass to Cortland Sutton and then the the uh, personal foul penalty on the Rams that pushes the ball farther, you don't have the room for error to then not get any yards on first down or throw an incompletion on second down or you know throw an incomplete fade route on third and goal uh, because then you're forced to take a field goal that you really can't afford at that point in the game. You have to take those big plays and then stack successful ones on top. And that's how you get the wins, because I think we would both agree, Phil, that this team, from a skill standpoint, from how they're playing, they're better than they were last year. And unfortunately, the results look similar just because of some, whether they're fluke plays or penalties or whatever, they just haven't been able to put it all together. But they're making a lot more big plays than they were last year. The Broncos were near last in 40 plus yard plays last year, and they had three of them on Sunday against the Rams, and they still weren't able to score many points. I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, the offense is drastically improved. It's just got to turn it into points now. And uh, it does seem to me like every week, if it, if a few plays here or there go the other way, the Broncos, you're talking about a Broncos win. So maybe all they need is one big game, and then they can get on a roll a little bit here because it does seem like this team's improved. And it seems like maybe if you just get one big win where it doesn't come down to the fourth quarter and you're just rolling, you can gain some confidence because you've got to play with confidence in this league. And, you know, when you lose four games in a row or when you start to have frustrations that mount, it's hard to play with confidence. And uh, I think that maybe a win against Arizona could just really change the feeling in the mile high city. Yeah, it's it's essential because you do that, you get back to three and four, and then you have a chance to go to Kansas City and, hey, can you steal one there? Because I think when you lose a game like you did against Kansas City at home where you lose a 10-point lead or you lose a game like in New York or to the Rams or even Baltimore really where you had a chance, you then have to steal a game somewhere else that maybe you're not supposed to win. And so can you steal a game against in Kansas City? Can you steal a road division game later in the season? The Broncos really are going to want to have to take care of games that they they should win and are favored to win and then steal one somewhere else. And the opportunity to do that is coming up soon in Kansas City. But first, like you said, you got to take care of business in Arizona. And I, I think the way that losses can pile up, I think wins can pile up too. You get on a roll, you start getting confidence, you roll. Maybe, you like you said, you steal a game in Kansas City, you start building confidence, and you just get the thing rolling, and that's just something that the team just hasn't been able to do recently. Yeah, think about Miami back in, uh, I believe, 2016, uh, the year the Broncos finished 9-7, and seven, a game out of the playoffs. Miami won a bunch of games in a row. They started off really poorly and looked like, hey, they were headed toward a, a high draft pick. Then they won seven, eight, nine, something like that games in a row, got on a roll. Um, I, think, playoffs, I think they I think. made the yep. playoffs, yeah. And so it's not it's certainly not impossible. The odds, obviously, are not stacked in the Broncos' favor at the moment. 
But if they can just piece a couple, string a couple wings, string a couple wins together, and it sets up kind of nicely, Phil, because you have a short week here, but then you have ten days to prepare for Kansas City, which you're going to need yep. every one of those games. Yep. Then you play Houston, and then you have a bye week before you come back and go to LA, which could really help you. And then you've got a home game against Pittsburgh. You know, that's you'd much rather play Pittsburgh here At than home. than in Pittsburgh. Um, and so I think you have the schedule sets up in a way where you can steal a couple games and then go on a little run late in the season. For those people thinking the season's over, and I know we've said this a couple weeks in a row now, it's still not. It's only week seven, and we teams that look really good right now could end up missing the playoffs, and teams that look like they're struggling could go on a run. So, like you said, just need one to get it started. Yeah, completely agree, and it starts this Thursday against the Arizona Cardinals, and it could start with stopping the run. That's something uh, that we talked to Domata Pecco about. Certainly, from his perspective, the last couple of weeks have been very frustrating. All right, we are inside the Broncos locker room with Domata Pecco. Domata, it's obviously been a couple of frustrating weeks uh, with stopping the run. From your perspective, uh, you know, what have you been seeing out there? Uh, a lot of missed tackles, you know, and then also just not being in the right gaps at the right time, you know, because uh, run defense is, you know, it's not just a D-line, man. It's a team thing, you know, just like pass defense. It's not just the DBs, you know. it's a, It all works together. So uh, we definitely got to pick it up, man. You know, it's uh, – that's something that we're really good at last year, you know, stopping the run. And uh, we had a two weeks in a row where it's been really bad, you know. So we uh, we definitely got to pick it up. But I think the key is, man, just getting back to the basics and just making sure you're in your gap, making sure you're reading your keys and uh, technique, man, that's, and details, man. So that's that's what we got to do, man. Just make sure we detail everything out, stay in our gaps, and uh, and we should be fine, man. You know, we have a, a long way to go. But four in a row, man, that's tough, man. We got we got to bounce back this week. And thank God we got a short week and we can get this uh, taste out of our mouth and, and go to A. And, and get a dub, man. Some people say stopping the run is a mindset. Uh, what does that mean? I mean, is that just that aggressiveness you got to come with? Yeah, man, it's a it's a, it's a mindset as well. You know, we, we I think we as far as our, our group in the D line, man, we have that mindset of, of wanting to stop the run and and be aggressive and be physical, man. And uh, but I think, like I said, man, it's a, it's a team thing. There's, there's 11 guys on the field. There's one ball carrier. We all got to attack them. We all got to swarm them. And that's that's what we got to do better. We got to uh, swarm the ball and uh, and just maintain our gap integrity, man, because everyone has a gap. And if one person's not in their gap, then, you know, they could find a hole there and, and bust us for a big one. But, uh, you know, uh, it's not like we faced uh, a no-name back last week. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. a very good back, you know, one of the best in the league. So shout-out to him. He had a good-ass game. But uh, we need to definitely pick it up. For a big guy turning around, uh, playing on Thursday night, uh, how difficult is that for you? Uh, man, I'm not a big fan of Thursday night games, you know, as far as, like, the body and all that. But it's just part of the gig, man. You know, you know, you got a quick week, so uh, you got to take care of the body. Make sure you hit them cold tubs and hot tubs and uh, and uh, just take care of your body, man. But uh, that's what the name of the game is, man. You know, it don't matter when you play, Monday, Thursday, Sunday. You just got to go out there, do your job, and uh, and get dubs, man. And that's what we got to do, man. And I feel like that's what our team needs, man. We just need to get one back here, and I think it'll start getting that momentum and we'll start rolling. You think that'll change the whole feeling in this locker room right now? Yeah, man, because I, I was looking at our schedule, man. We got uh, three weeks here before the bye, and, uh, man, we, we got to just do it one at a time. We'll be at five and three, you know, if we beat these three teams right here, and uh, it all starts right here in AZ. 
What do you think about this uh, Arizona offense? Uh, obviously, David Johnson, a big name back. Uh, mm -hmm. Another back, another week, another big back, right? Yeah, man. And that's how we got to do, man. We just got to forget about what we did last week, move on to this week. Uh, David Johnson's a great back. Not only does he run the ball really good, he has great vision, but he's also uh, a good receiving threat out of the backfield, man. They use him a lot to catch catch passes, and they got the young quarterback. But uh, I think the key for us, man, is to stop the run and then get after that young quarterback and get in his face and uh, and do what Chubb and Vaughn and all these guys do is, uh, you know, and, uh, and get some sacks. Shout out to Chubb. He had a great <laughs> game last week. Three sacks uh, for Bradley Chubb last week, five sacks for the whole team. Uh, last one for you here at Domata. Quick turnaround to play Thursday, but then after that, you get a little bit of a break, right? Yeah, man, you do, man. That's a uh, good part about the Thursday night games. We get this dub, and we get a couple days off to get the body right, and then we have a big game versus the Chiefs coming up, you know, so uh, heck yeah, man. We're, we're, everything's right in front of us. We just got to go and execute. Uh, you can't talk about it too much. You just got to go out and do it, man. You know, you can say so much, say this, say that, but if you don't have no actions behind it, man, it's, it's, uh, it's just pointless. So we got to go out there, put our actions out there, and, and, and go and get the dub. Domata, thank you so much for joining uh, us. I appreciate you, brother, as always. Thank you. Uh, that was my conversation with Domata Pecco Jr. A lot of uh, good things uh, he said there about trying to stop the run this week as the team heads to Arizona. Uh, Eric, now it's time to play our first game of the podcast. Yeah, Phil, uh, we're going to play our Limerick Challenge, as we always do. And, you know, we've got another fan on the line to see if they can become the latest in a long line of winners on the neutral zone. Who do we have uh, calling in this week? Uh, this is Alec Gustafson. And Alec, where are you? Uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Gypsum, Colorado. Okay, so uh, pretty natural to be a Broncos fan. Then, do you have a, a favorite Broncos memory? Uh, actually, I'm I'm from North Carolina. Believe it or not, I just moved here about ten months ago. Favorite memory is definitely living in North Carolina, winning Super Bowl Fifty. Wow. Okay, I'm from North Carolina myself, so uh, we both moved out here to Colorado. Uh, slowly making the migration west. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, Alec, well, we're going to play our Limerick Challenge. Uh, we've got three Limericks for you related uh, either this week's game against Arizona, last week's game against the Rams, or uh, some stuff that happened uh, today. And so if you can fill in the last missing word of each of these uh, Limericks, or even just two of the three, you're going to be a winner, and we're going to send you a Broncos prize pack. Awesome. Okay, uh, you ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. Into the first round, he was a shoo-in, but many mock drafts did he ruin. Lucky for them, he fell to pick 10, and that won't be forgotten by the UCLA. Bruin. There you go. Yeah, the Broncos will face Josh Rosen, uh, who uh, the Cardinals selected in this year's NFL draft, and he said, hey, I'm going to remember who, uh, who was picked before me. So the Broncos will have their hands full with him. That's... Uh, that's the first one there. We'll move on to number two. Against the Rams, Chubb was the player we need. He tallied three sacks with impressive speed. He's got quite a knack for the quarterback sack. Among all rookies, he has the... Can you say it one more time? Yeah. Against the Rams, Chubb was the player we need. He tallied three sacks with impressive speed. He's got quite a knack for the quarterback sack. Among all rookies, he has the um, lead. There you go. Yep, uh, Bradley Chubb. <laughs> that was a close one. With uh, four and a half sacks, Bradley Chubb leads all rookies, looking every bit the part uh, that the fifth overall pick should look. Um, so you got two there, but we'll see if you can uh, get this last one. It's a little tricky because it just happened, so you'll have to see if you were paying attention to Twitter over the last few minutes. 
Okay. You must know where he is when you drop back to pass. Among this league's edge rushers, he's in a different class. And O-tackles might dread when they hear what he said. Against Arizona, Vaughn plans to go kick some... Ass. We're kicking some Cardinal ass. Exactly, yeah. He just uh, had a, as fiery a press conference as I can remember. Uh, said if the Broncos play the way they can play, this team can't hang with them. I think Broncos fans would certainly enjoy... Oh, yeah. Would enjoy uh, if the Broncos go out there and dominate on Thursday night. Uh, Alec, congratulations. 3 of 3. You're a winner here on the neutral zone. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And now to part one of my conversation with Darren Urban, a senior writer for azcardinals.com, the official website of the Arizona Cardinals. We dive into uh, Josh Rosen's performance here through a few weeks and what they can do to get this offense back on track. Back here on the Neutral Zone, and we're joined by Darren Urban, a senior writer for azcardinals.com, the official site of the Arizona Cardinals. Darren, it's a short week, but the result isn't going to mean any less for either of these two teams. Thanks for taking the time to join us here. No problem. Thanks for having me. So I know uh, last year the Broncos uh, had a new head coach in Vance Joseph, and this year Steve Wilkes uh, comes down to Arizona, first-time head coach. What sort of culture has he developed there um, that you've been able to feel through these first uh, six weeks of the season? Well, you know, when he came in, I think Steve Wilkes, uh, I think he engendered a lot of respect from his players. Um, you know, when he when he walked in the door, he had a lot of former players, guys who have played under him when he was in a, a position coach and a coordinator uh, that were big fans of his, whether it was Eric Weddle or Josh Norman, uh, to name a couple, Antonio Cromartie, you know, not – not unfamous guys that were really big into Wilkes's corner about how he handled himself and how he handled his players. He's a, he's a very straightforward and, uh, coach in terms of uh, the football part of it, but he's also a big fan of, of coaching each player individually and getting to know them a little bit personally. And I think that that's kind of been brought in as he as he you know has worked through you know his first number of months on the job. Now clearly when you uh, struggle the way they have in terms of the wins and the losses, you know, some of that stuff takes a little bit of a hit. You, you, you got to have results as a, as a coach and we all know that. So um, we'll kind of see how it plays out as we go forward. But uh, I think generally the, the players really enjoy playing for them. You know, Vance Joseph said here in Denver this week, Hey, I feel like I'm coaching for my job every week. That's how you got to be. If you're a coach in the NFL, I saw Steve Wilkes said something similar um, this week, and as he kind of turned to some changes they could make, he mentioned uh, more hurry up, more RPO on offense. What do you expect uh, from that unit this week, and how do you think that could help uh, a rookie quarterback in Josh Rosen? Well, I, I think Josh Rosen has taken some nice steps forward already in his in his couple of starts that uh, he's, ha- he's had uh, since taking over for Sam Bradford. Um, you know, offensively, there's just no question they are. Com- they're struggling mightily. Uh, you know, they're having trouble scoring. They were 0 for 10 on third downs uh, in Minnesota. Um, even though they scored 17 points, uh, they have yet to get 300 yards as a team in a game. David Johnson's one of the best running backs in the league, and, and he's, uh, he's struggled big time uh, both uh, running and uh, catching the ball. They haven't used him a lot out of the backfield to catch the ball, which is a little bit surprising. So, um, you know, Whatever they can do to, to make things a little bit better, could the no huddle help? Yes, but even Josh Rosen kind of mentioned the fact that he thinks one of the reasons 
it, it worked a little bit in Minnesota was because when they broke it out, Minnesota already had the 17-point lead, and they kind of let up on the gas pedal a little bit in terms of their aggressive defensive play. They were kind of playing to, like, have the Cardinals run the clock a little bit, and they were giving us some stuff underneath. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how this plays out. Again, I think Josh Rosen is a going to be a good player going forward. I, I think he's making all the strides you want to see from a rookie quarterback. Um, but they, they've got they've got issues all across the board in terms of offense, and it'll be interesting to see on a short week if they're able to uh, fix some of those. Yeah, Broncos fans obviously uh, familiar with Mike McCoy, who was the offensive coordinator here for part of the season last year. Now down in Arizona. Um, one more question for you about the offense. No touchdowns this year for Larry Fitzgerald yet, and I think we're so accustomed out here to seeing his success. Uh, what have you seen with him? Is this more of a, a number one receiver by committee type deal now? Well, you know, going back to what we were just talking about, I mean, when your offense is struggling all the way around, it's going to be tough for anybody to be successful. I mentioned David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald's another one of those guys, and even Josh Rosen was saying, you know, yesterday that, you know, this is a – this is a situation where, yeah, we want David Johnson to, to have more production. We want Larry Fitzgerald to have more production. That'll happen, you know, once the offense starts going well. It, 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 they kind of get married together. If your offense isn't going very well, your best players usually aren't going to produce. So I, I think with Fitz, um, I think teams are still focusing on him tremendously. Christian Kirk, the rookie, has kind of been the number two. He is the number two receiver. Uh, I think if they were able to get David Johnson more involved in the passing game and have him be more of a threat, I think that would help Larry Fitzgerald, and we'll see how that goes going forward. But, uh, you know, right now um, it's been tough to get Fitz open um, for a number of reasons. Uh, they did find him a little bit down the stretch in Minnesota, but, again, uh, I'm not sure if Minnesota's defense had changed up a little bit by the end, and uh, and he's a guy they need to do well. They need David Johnson to do well. They need Larry Fitzgerald to do well. Uh now, whether it's a chicken and the egg thing, whether it's, you know if the offense does better, those guys will do better, or vice versa, I'm not sure. But uh, uh, clearly something's not working right now. That was part one of my conversation with Darren Urban of azcardinals.com, talking a little bit about the Arizona offense there. We'll turn to some keys to the game in just a minute. But first, uh, Phil, you want to play another game? Yeah, Eric, it's time to play Who Said It? And we have another caller on the line. Uh, who's joining us here on the Neutral Zone? This is Larry Moore. Larry, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, where are you calling from? Farmington, New Mexico. Grew up... Uh... In, in Colorado, different parts, uh, lived in Boulder for a little bit, spent a lot of time uh, traveling through Denver and, and every every Sunday going by Broncos, Broncos games, Mile High Stadium, seeing it packed out, and finally recently got to go to some. So uh, all my life been a Bronco fan. Nice. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, we're going to play a game called Who Said It? I'll read you a quote uh, from the past couple of days, and if you uh, can tell me who said it two out of the three times, uh, you'll be a winner here on the Neutral Zone. Okay. All right, uh, Larry, here's your first one. Quote, if you don't feel that way, you're missing something. If we were 5-1, and one, I would feel that way. That doesn't motivate me. I'm already motivated to win games and fix our football team. That is Vance Joseph. Yeah, that was Vance. Uh, he said that on Monday, talking about how 
John Elway, uh, you know, saying that we're playing for our football lives right now. And uh, Vance Joseph saying, hey, that's how I approach every single week. We got to, you know, you're in the NFL. You're always playing uh, because the competition is so life, so high. You're always playing for your football life. Uh, Larry, you got the first one here. If you're ready, uh, let's go to number two. All right. Even though I've been hurt, I've been in meetings. I've been in all the DB meetings. And like I said, I'm ready to go. If I wasn't on IR, I'd be playing this weekend. Man, I want to say Sula Cravens, but I think he's back. Um, I'm going to have to go with Sula Cravens. Yeah, that is Sula Cravens. Uh, he just returned to practice. A uh, nice one. That was uh, one of the harder ones we've had on the podcast. But, yeah, it's Sua, Recra- Sua Cravens returning to practice. Uh, he has a little bit of a grace period here where the Broncos will decide whether to bring him up onto the active roster. So uh, he could be some uh, bring in some uh, reinforcements there to a Broncos defense that's uh, struggled a little bit here the last couple of weeks. So uh, you're already a winner here, Larry, on the neutral zone. But uh, let's see if you can go ahead and make it three out of three. Okay. It was emotional. I was upset. I love Ron. He's like my brother. Oh, man. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, I'm just going to guess. Matt Paradis. Uh, close, but on the other side of Ron Leary, uh, Garrett Bolt. That was uh, Garrett Bowles talking about uh, losing Ron Leary, of course, for the rest of the season. Leary going down with a torn Achilles. So um, Garrett Bowles, a very emotional player. Uh, he used to call the quarterback hit like his wife. And now Ron Leary is his brother, so uh, an emotional loss uh, for Garrett Bowles. Uh, losing Ron Leary. Uh, Larry, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. And now we're going to go to part two of my conversation with Darren Urban of azcardinals.com to preview this week's matchup. Moving over to the Cardinals defense, though, Chandler Jones last week with two sacks, four hurries, a forced fumble. Was he as uh, unstoppable watching him there as it seemed like from looking at the stat line? Yeah, Chandler Jones is uh, is coming off his best two games of the year. He was a, a monster in San Francisco two weeks ago. He had another excellent game in Minnesota. Uh, you know, he had, I don't want to say a slow start, but, but an average start uh, to the season, I think, as he got used to this new defense that they're running. And uh, coming off a 17-sack season last year, a lot was expected of him. Uh, I thought he deserved... Some con- uh, to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year last year, uh, and that's what everybody was expecting this year. And, and he's played like the last two weeks. So, I mean, he's a he's a, a handle uh, somebody who really got a handle. Obviously, Denver's got their own guys uh, as pass rushers, Vaughn and and Chubb, and and you know Chandler Jones is one of those guys. He doesn't get mentioned as much because. The Cardinals didn't win a, you know, they were a 500 team last year, and obviously they're struggling this year. But I believe Chandler Jones deserves to, you know, be in the same conversations as as Von Miller and and, and Khalil Mack and those guys because I, I do think he, when he's at the top of his game, he he produces just like those guys do. Yeah, and our uh, left tackle Garrett Bowles, it seems like every week he's facing a guy uh, just like that Terrell Suggs a few weeks ago in Baltimore. Uh, dealing with Justin Houston against Kansas City. So those difficult matchups won't stop for him. Um, has struggled with some holding penalties. We'll see if he's able to turn that around. One other guy on your defense who came out in that same draft class is Vaughn Miller, Patrick Peterson, a perennial pole, pro bowler, all pro. 
what does he look like in this new defense, and uh, what sort of challenge could he be for Case Keenum um, when the Broncos' offense tries to uh, move the ball this week? I think Patrick's playing just like he always does uh, at a very high level. Teams are not throwing his way very often, uh, which isn't that big of a surprise. Now, this this uh, staff does use zone a little bit more than the previous staff. I don't know if that will continue, uh, given the fact that they might need to start having some more guys uh, be up in the box to, to defend the run because, like the Broncos, the Cardinals have had their uh, have big-time issues stopping the run this year. Um, so uh, Patrick Peterson hasn't been as important, perhaps, because – it's it's teams are running against them first, but um, he still remains one of the best in the game. Uh, you know, again, I don't know if he's going to match up with anybody in particular or or how they're going to play it out. But whoever Patrick Peterson is on uh, usually uh, is a guy that you know the Cardinals feel has gotten handled pretty well this year. And I also think uh, with the way they kind of play zone once in a while, you know this this staff really is big into making sure the defensive backs tackle. And uh, I think P- Patrick Peterson's having his, his best tackling season in terms of being aggressive and making sure that happens. I think he's, he's done a great job in that this year. And Darren, I know these Thursday night games are always kind of uh, wonky, hard to predict what's going to happen, um, often favor the home teams. But we saw the Eagles come in last week and uh, play well against the Giants. When you look at this game, both of these teams coming off uh, another tough loss, what's going to be the key thing that determines uh, whether the Cardinals are able to grab that second win or if the Broncos are able to take a step closer back to 500? Uh, you know what, for me, uh, I, I think it's, it's, it, there's two significant things, uh, especially on a short week. I, I think, one, it's going to be who can take care of the ball. Um, Josh Rosen's only thrown one interception in three starts and he hasn't fumbled the ball away, and I think for a rookie quarterback, that's been a big deal. Uh, obviously, they've only won one of the games, but I think that's helped them a lot. And, I, and, you know, Case Keenum has been known to turn the ball over, and the Cardinals have done a nice job with takeaways the last two weeks. So I think that's number one. And then I think ultimately the other one is going to be who's going to run the ball better. If David Johnson can finally have a good game against a, a run defense that's obviously struggled, the Cardinals will be in a much better place. And if David Johnson has the same issues and, and you know, the, the Broncos stable of running backs can uh, find holes against this Cardinals defense that, again, continues to struggle against the run, uh, I think that heavily favors the Broncos. So I, I think that part of the game is, is going to be definitely something to watch. I'm sure both these teams are eager to get this kind of bad taste out of their mouth. The Broncos obviously on a, a four-game losing streak um, and the Cardinals looking up to pick up more wins with Josh Rosen now under center. We'll see what happens Thursday, but uh, Darren, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. That was my conversation with Darren Urban of azcardinals.com, the official site of the Arizona Cardinals. He kind of broke down his keys to victory there. Phil, what do you think? Uh, can change the tide this week and help the Broncos get back on track? I think it starts with stopping the run, which they should be able to do against this Arizona team. Uh, Come out with the mindset, hey, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to shut this team down. I think it starts with forcing Josh Rosen into some mistakes, maybe some things that he doesn't want to do, force him to get uncomfortable a little bit. And then on the other side of the ball, hey, 
let's get some points. Make sure you're scoring touchdowns in the red zone. You got to do that in Arizona. And I think that, uh, you know, the Arizona defense giving up uh, the 24th most yards so far this year. So maybe this is the chance for this Broncos offense to go put up a lot of points. More than 30 points, I think, is, uh, is going to be necessary Thursday night. Yeah, and I think the Broncos actually last year did well on Thursday night football. They snapped that streak, I believe. Brock right? Osweiler. Yeah, you know, they uh, they went into Indianapolis, won a Thursday night game in pretty convincing fashion. And I think if they win this week, it's going to be the same way. You're going to avoid turnovers. You're going to hit some big plays. Um, something I'll be interested in seeing is can Garrett Bowles slow down Chandler Jones, who had a really good week uh talked with Darren Urban a little bit about that a minute ago but Chandler Jones can wreck the game Patrick Peterson can wreck the game and the Broncos have actually done a pretty good job of preventing other team star players from wrecking the offensive or defensive game plan that's going to have to continue this week if they want to get a win there yeah Patrick Peterson I mean is a premier cornerback in this league you know uh you talk about Chandler Jones Garrett Bowles is going to have to uh you know play a better game now that his little sidekick right next to him not so little, Ron Leary, uh, torn Achilles out for the season. So, you know, he's going to have to uh, step up on that side. You know, uh, we see Case Keenum continue to get pressure. So, you know, uh, I think that that offensive line is going to be something to watch this this week as the Broncos sort of uh, start to uh, suffer some injury problems Um and see how you can plug and play some of these other guys as they reshuffle the whole line. Right, and especially on Thursday night, who's not going to be available? Is Jared Valdier going to be able to play? Uh, you know, I think it might take him another week until we, we play Kansas City for him to show back up. Is Shane Ray going to play? Had a boot on his foot. You know, is uh, – who else? We Adam had? Jones. Yeah, Adam Jones. Is he going to be able to come out and play? And the Cardinals, in their own right, have their own injury issues, obviously, on a short week, but – I don't want to say luckily because those guys are important to the Broncos' chances, but you don't have a guy like Vaughn or Case who's shaken up. Oh, yeah. And so the Broncos still, from an injury standpoint, have been pretty lucky uh, thus far, obviously, knocking on more wood. But uh, you want to – that's a good sound. That's not a sound effect, folks. That's real. That's real. Not Um, actual wood. Nice conference room tables here. Not my head. At UCL Training Center. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, can can Denver – take advantage of some of those matchups and find a way. That's that's really what it's about. It, it doesn't have to be pretty. I know a lot I know you Phil, you want him to go in and score 40 points. And I would I, I would love that too, but to me it doesn't have to be pretty. Take a a 21-20 win. They just need one to get back on track because last year you saw once they finally broke that eight game streak, they they did play well the rest of the year. Uh, and kind of got back to the same football they played at the beginning. Let me ask you this, Eric. You know, being on a short week, sometimes you just sort of have to go line up and play and see what happens. Do you think this Broncos team would have a better chance if they had a whole week to game plan and go play Arizona? Or you you think it's it's better for the Broncos to just go up there and, uh, you know, hey, kick the football off and see what happens? I'm not sure from a game plan standpoint I think that it – it matters because I trust that the coaches and the players are putting in extra time this week to get ready. But I, I think from a mentality standpoint, they're probably still – I don't think you want to sit and let that, that Rams loss fester for a whole week or the four-game losing streak fester. You just want to go play football, get it over with. And now, hey, we've got time to get healthy and look toward Kansas City. Um, so I think it benefits the Broncos in this situation. You know, we talk about traveling on the road, and I know I said, hey, five of the six home teams have won. But the Cardinals are coming back from Minnesota, so they just traveled. The Broncos did have the benefit of being at home last week. 
Um, so maybe that maybe that equalizes it a little bit. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that I think that sometimes on Thursday night football you see things that you wouldn't normally see. You know, a high really high scoring games or like you know uh, just blowing assignments. Those kind of, Thursday night football is just a little bit different. So I, I think that you like the Broncos playmakers that they have their natural abilities just to go up and line up and and uh, get a W down in the desert. I also think that hey. You talk about sacks, they come in bunches. We saw that on Sunday. I would expect that to continue on Thursday and see Von Miller and Bradley Chubb really get after the quarterback too. Yeah, Bradley Chubb, three sacks there, uh, tying a Denver rookie record for sacks. You know, he's leading all NFL rookies with sacks. He's only a couple sacks away from here from him being a real defensive player of the year candidate among rookies, you know, rookie defensive player of the year, as some would call it. Hmm. Uh, I know Derwin James out in L.A. is getting a lot of the attention right now. Denzel Ward. Yeah, exactly. But if Chubb ends up with, what has he got, four and a half now through through six weeks? Yeah, no, that's great. If he ends up with 10 sacks, it's going to be really hard for them not to say, hey, this guy's pretty deserving of this award. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I think that you've been waiting for that game where they they change how they use Bradley Chubb a little bit. And you saw what he was able to do. You know, that Broncos pass rush, that's what – that's what's going to give this team some success. And you saw the Rams really get frustrated there a little bit when they weren't able to do some of the things that they're accustomed to doing, um, especially in the passing game because that pass rush uh, was getting to Jared Goff. So hopefully they can do some of those things to uh, Josh Rosen this week. That's obviously a quarterback the Broncos looked at closely, had him in the building here during the draft process. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure that coaches and personnel staff – they they got the book already on uh, Rosen. Yeah, you know that should should help. And I think back to Rosen's tweet where he said nine other teams that passed on me are gonna are gonna regret that. And he kind of walked it back and said, well, just the teams that took a quarterback. But you know, I do think that he thinks he'll probably have that on his mind. Of hey, the Broncos had a chance to take me and chose Bradley Chubb, and whether that's a manufactured chip on his shoulder or whatever, I'm sure it'll come into play uh, somewhat. And you know, back to Bradley for for just one second. It didn't just happen for fans who think, hey, Bradley Chubb finally like just played really well. No. Vance Joseph talked after the game, we changed our pass rush strategy to give Vaughn and Bradley more chances. We changed how we played in the secondary to give them more chances. That's coaching that set them up. So it's something to consider there. And, uh, yeah, like you said, they come in bunches. They were very close on several uh, chances to not just sacking Jared Goff, but knocking the ball away, and that could have changed the game drastically. Yeah, a couple of turnovers or something will really get the ball going, and that's what I want to see. I I don't want this game to be close in the fourth quarter. I want it to be, uh, you know, hey, we played like our lives were on the line, and they came down there and they took care of business. Get 10 days off to, or 10 days before you get ready for the Chiefs. I think that a win, a big win like that could really help uh, the mindset here at UC Health Training Center. They had some bananas Foster in the press box last time we were there. That's you want to be you want to be in the fourth quarter just casually eating banana Foster. That's what you I know. that's what I want to be doing. I know the yeah. players won't be, but you want to no. be up there, not worried about the outcome. Have your videos all done, you know. And just, it uh, is kind of strange though that going back to the same place twice in the same season. Right? Different name though. It's State Farm Stadium now. Yeah. Well, it was what so University right. of Phoenix. Field yeah. Stadium when we were there last time? University of Phoenix Stadium, yeah. Maybe uh But it's a professional team, it's not a university. Hmm. It's that's kind of confusing. it's also not an insurance company, you know. Yeah, it's just crazy. So huh. <laughs> really it kind of makes you think. Yeah, we'll see. Well maybe I think the, the Cardinals won that uh preseason game, correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
It's the preseason. Yeah. So, well, if they if the Cardinals won, then maybe the name change will help flip the favor in the Broncos' uh, direction. If the Broncos won, then uh, then the stadium name change has nothing to that do. Has with nothing the, to do with exactly. the outcome of this week's game. Yeah, so, that's true. That's analysis that, that people are. Uh, you only for. get that here on the neutral zone. That's true. That's where a, can where can you find the neutral zone, <laughs> Phil? Uh, I think that's on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn. Make sure you uh, give us a rating. Make sure that you subscribe and uh, listen every single week. Every single week. And every yeah, week. tell us what we got wrong. Tell us what you liked. Tell us if you want to, you know, challenge Zach the intern to uh, some sort of statistical uh, battle. You know, yeah, his job is on the line every week. That's true. So that's his. That's his mindset. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's about enough analysis. Uh, uh, from us here on the Neutral Zone. Our thanks to our guests this week, Domata Peko, for coming on, as well as Darren Urban of azcardinals.com. Thanks to our fans who called in, and uh, that's going to do it. For uh, Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani, and this has been The Neutral Zone.